Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Ground Up. I'm back again today with another CEO roundtable interview, and today I'm joined with Taylor Pickett. Taylor is the CEO of Omega Healthcare Investors. Ticker symbol is OHI. Taylor, it's good to see you today. Happy to be with you, Brad. Great. Well, uh, looks like we had a pretty good first quarter report card, uh, actually beating AFFO by share, uh, AFFO per share, uh, by a wide stretch. But before we get into the earnings, I wanted to talk a little bit about high level and what we're seeing in the healthcare industry today. Of course, um, a lot of the uh, success in the first quarter was as a result of some government assistance uh, in the fourth quarter and really throughout uh, 2020 and during the pandemic. Um, what do you see out there today in terms of government support? Uh, I know you're uh, really focused on some of the state money, this America Recover Act. Um, what, what do you see out there today in terms of the, uh, the federal or, or state assistance? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, the federal government's been incredibly supportive of the industry and pushed a lot of liquidity out into the industry uh, through 2020, and much of that is carried over into 2021. Um, there's still $24.5 billion of unallocated funds in provider relief fund. Um, our expectation is that that money will be released um, probably mid-summer um, and it'll be needs-based. So skilled nursing facility operators and other healthcare providers, including assisted living providers, will um, fill out a form showing what their needs are based on the third and fourth quarters of 2020 and the first quarter of 2021 and those dollars will be allocated. And that will be helpful. Um, you know, the needs-based nature is important uh, because not everyone has been impacted the same way through the pandemic. And then, as you mentioned, on the state side, um, the American Rescue Act um, provided $200 billion of funding to the states. And um, we've seen the, a majority of the states um, be very active in supporting the, the industry through 2020, um, some less so. But we're hopeful with that large amount of money, um, which is which is not recurring, so it is it is one time money. Um, there is a <clears throat> a need within our industry for additional funding that we see the states support this industry. Um, and I will tell you that again, most of the states were supported through 2020. Um, one big state where we have a presence where we're hopeful that we'll get support from the state that we haven't as of today is the state of Florida. Um, I think there's a general recognition that uh, this is an important industry to support um, and both the federal and state governments have been, um, have been willing to do so uh, and have helped this industry a great deal. Great. Well, let's move into the first quarter if we could. Um, AFFO per share was 85 cents. Uh, consensus numbers we have are about 78 cents. So definitely outperformed in terms of those earnings measures. Uh, appears that's mainly due to acquisitions and some of the refinancing and equity issuance in the first quarter. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the acquisitions? I know that's been a big driver of your business model. You are the largest uh, operator in this in the subsector of healthcare. Uh, roughly $595 million of acquisitions in the first quarter. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so there are two big pieces of the acquisitions. One is... Um, the acquisition of Brookdale Assets, a senior housing provider. That was a $510 million deal. 
Um, from our perspective, it was a, a little bit opportunistic. Health Peak was looking to exit senior housing in total. Um, Brookdale happened to be a large triple net portfolio and um, buyers of much of the other of Health, Health Peak's portfolio tended to be PE private equity shops um, that weren't interested in triple net. They were interested in the idea upside um, triple net, as you know, is right down the middle for us. And we were able to write a half billion dollar check and help Health Peak um, move their strategy along. Uh, and we got, we think we got it for a, a pretty good price. So really excited about that portfolio. We'll see if there's more to do with Brookdale in the future. Um, remains to be seen. And then the other uh, acquisition was a little bit north of $80 million for a six, uh, six facility, skilled nursing facility deal in Florida. Um, and I would just, that's kind of right down the middle for us, nine and a quarter yield, um, slightly chunky, you know, type deal with an existing tenant. So, um, kind of our, our bread and butter. Right. Well, we could tie that into, uh, we, we came up with about an eight and a half percent yield on the peak portfolio, roughly our numbers. Uh, and you mentioned the 9.25% yield uh, on the other six properties. Um, so kind of at a blended rate, let's just call it 9%. So how do you think about that 9%? We've come up with a, well, your implied cap rate is about 6.3-ish. Right. Um, so pretty good investment spread. So uh, is that sustainable through 2021, in your opinion? I think so, Brad. Um, you know, our our 20-year history, um, we've been in that same zip code in terms of yields. And um, although we haven't seen pricing that um, we haven't seen distressed pricing, uh, and we may as the year winds on, um, yeah, I think we'll see yields hold up and perhaps even climb a little bit, depending on whether we see uh, any further stress in the system. And um, yeah, that may be the back end of 21 kind of thing. Great. Now, moving on to the cost of capital. Um, your leverage ticked up a little bit uh, as a result of these acquisitions, of course. Um, where do you feel like, where's your, where's your target leverage range? Uh, just to remind the audience, uh, Omega's got a triple B minus rating S&P. Um, I know you got you know, limited maturities, but how do you, what's your target uh, leverage range? Yeah, so we've, um, and just to put some numbers around it, we ticked up to 5.1 times debt to EBITDA. And we've been pretty clear that our target is um, five times or less. So we're very close. Um, there's not much to do to get down to five times or under. Uh, and that, that's a very comfortable spot for us. Um, we think about that level of leverage, which is generally much more conservative than our peers. Um, but one of the ways we think about that level of leverage is, can we go do a billion dollar transaction and not have our leverage get to the point where we have to go raise equity that we, the market knows that we're coming. Um, and so that's the perfect spot for us at five or less, we can write the billion dollar check and do an acquisition and take our time, you know, pick our spots when we go back to the market to, um, to delever. Great. Yeah. I've got a, uh, actually later this afternoon, we're interviewing uh, Sumit Roy, which of course is a realty income CEO. And um, we'll be talking in his interview about his uh, most recent <laughs> um, acquisition announcement of Varied and, and their cost of capital 
but very similar to, to your business. I mean, you've been able to utilize your cost of capital and your uh, scale advantages uh, to continue to grow the business model. And one of the, one of the I guess, validations of that business model, of course, is your successful uh, dividend history. I think is it 17 or 18 years now? I can't remember in a row um, uh, of dividends, but you, you made it obviously through the Great Recession. Now, uh, through the pandemic, there was a time, of course, you and I spoke quite a bit in 2018, where, and, and even um, in, in 17, but primarily 18, there was a significant sell-off. Your dividend payout ratio got higher. So can you talk a little bit about your payout ratio today? You've been able to uh, really uh, kind of normalize this payout ratio uh, in this environment. And how do you see that payout ratio today? Yeah, I think um, one thing we've talked about, and you pointed it out, um, the payout ratio got was high, uh, and we were committed to bringing it back down. And our goal is basic, is to get to a payout ratio that's that reflects the minimum amount of payout required for tax purposes. And for us, that's in the 75 to 80% payout range. So um, we have a little more room to go in terms of improving that payout ratio. And then what we'll be paying out is the minimum required for tax purposes. Um, and if you remember back, uh, we had a five-year period that ran through 2017 where we increased the dividend a penny every single quarter. And that reflected that minimum payout ratio requirement. So we're looking to get back to that spot um, and back into a position where our increases are um, a little more regular. As you mentioned, we've still, we have increased the dividend for 17 straight years. Um, my goal is to get back to where every quarter we need to be thinking about, do we increase the dividend because of the minimum payout uh, thresholds, which would be, it's a great spot to be in. And, and how do you see this pipeline of deal flow right now? I'm just curious in this environment, um, I don't think you provided guidance. Uh, maybe did you provide guidance or acquisitions? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but but if not, what do you? How do you feel about the? I mean, what kind of opportunities are out there today? So um, you're right. We've never provided guidance around deals because they're so unpredictable and choppy. Um, and so I would, I would tell you that right now feels the same way as it did six months ago. Um, Twelve months ago, there was no activity. Six months ago started to pick up um, and it's choppy. And six months ago, when people asked me the question, I said, well, you know, it's, there's, there's some out there, but not that much. And then we closed $600 million of deals in the first quarter. Um, and it's similar. So it's, it's choppy um, in a normal year, uh, an okay year for us, we're going to do four or 500 million. So a hundred or 125 million a quarter. Um, it certainly feels like that's out there. And then in terms of those bigger deals, like the Brookdales of the world, that get you up to a billion or a billion and a half of activity, you know, nothing on the horizon, but I wouldn't be surprised if as this year progresses, we see some of those opportunities. Um, we, we typically do every year. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, um, impressive uh, first quarter again, Taylor. And um, I will say one, one other closing thought. Um, I agree. We'd love to get that, that quarterly uh, increase, but I'll tell you, I'll, I'll trade the quarterly increase out for monthly dividend, and uh, I think our, our our audience of retail investors could appreciate that as well. So uh, anyway, just always like to give you that bug. Yeah, duly uh, duly noted. I appreciate it. Okay, sounds good. All Taylor, right. thank you again for your time, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you after the second quarter. 
Sounds great. Thank you. Take care.